I'm me, you're you, I'm the other you, me, and this is Wiggly's Book Club, episode 023. Wiggly's Book Club is a fortnightly read, usually, and brought to you live from Sloppy Joe's Bar located in scenic Easton, Pennsylvania. There's those police sirens again. Without any further ado, let us now go live to Sloppy Joe's Bar down in Sloppy Joe's Bar with Wiggly to celebrate the entertaining world of board games for the 2006 Sterling Publishing Company Inc. Classic, Celebrating Board Games. Hey, everybody. I'm glad you just heard me upstairs. I can't see. I'm going to turn on a sound light. Oh, jeez. All right. I tripped over that. Oh, no! Oh, my drink just went all over my book. Okay. That time. That's not good. Okay, well, at least it only leaked all over the book I was going to read. And my iPad. And then... I set the can upside down and I tried to stop it from spilling and it, it only leaked on this $30 collector card, one of these things you play like a Dungeons and Dragons geek and stuff and leaked on one of those $30 ones and then uh, on the collector card box and the limited edition carry case. But besides that, everything's great. Okay, let me just, okay, I turned on, turn on my light now. It's great, good, very good. All right, I got a wet book. Here we go. This is what happens. No problem. Yeah, I'm not drinking today. <laughs> I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to go catch one of those programs. What do you call it? The, you know, that one about space. The Star Trek Wars or something. I'm going to watch that. So don't, no spoilers, please. Um, okay, here. <laughs> it's a wet page. Oh, my gosh. So I missed the Christmas episode. I was going to do one of those. Uh, today I'm just going to be drinking... Uh, Coca-Cola Vanilla Zeros. One of them was going to be warm because I can't drink because I'm going to drive. Uh, one of them was going to be warm and that would take the place of uh, drinking booze. But instead I'll just have my cola and drink it very fast. Okay. That was almost all of it. That's all I'm going to get today. Is my mic on? Thankfully I couldn't spill on my mic unless you have waterfalls going up. So I was going to read something about, you know, really interesting things about... I spilled it all over stinkies. Now that's what I call stinkmas. And fortunately I had that painting turn upside down. Okay, that's good. What a way to begin today. Look at these newspapers. So I was going to be read about this uh, thing about interesting Christmas gifts. I just have to keep paper tallying off the different pages I'm going to read. <laughs> this is a fucking great book, too. Oh my god, I r ruined. Um, I was going to be, I have this book about, you know, weird Christmas gifts and things like this and what you remember when you're a kid and all that. Because I still can't find my fads and fallacies in the name of science. How am I doing on time? 2.45, because I got to get going pretty soon. Okay, so if my alarm goes off, then uh, I'm done. So I'm going to read this here instead. Uh, I hope you can hear me out there. I hope that uh, things are, let's see, am I rolling? Yeah, yeah, I am. Two. 257, thank you, 257. So it's called Celebrating Board Games. 
You have a picture of a guy carrying milk. He's a milkman. And in a red pickup truck. And this looks old. Merry Milkman Dairy. So that's a game. It's a board game, evidently. And on the back is, uh, is uh, Chinese checkers, as they call them. I thought it was Parcheesi, but it's Chinese checker, but it doesn't look anything like Parcheesi. I'm just saying I, I wished it was Parcheesi, uh, my memory. But it's actually the Chinese checkers, which I like, the chicken and Chinese, the Chinese checkers. Celebrate the entertaining world of board games, it says on the back. This cost $10. Now it's worth about $0.78. Cents. Board games, a beautiful book <laughs> at one time. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Well, I can't believe it because I, I tripped and everything and I can't see and I'm blind and uh, my eyes don't work. Sis and Cowboy Joe are in the front. I guess these were pieces to uh, this uh, cowboy board game that I see in the background that looks like it played with uh, marbles, maybe? Some such. Anyway, who cares? Okay, you open up and on the inner flap... Oh, it was in Canada. It was 13 bucks. So, you know, there you go. Don't live there. Monopoly, Clue, Candyland, The Lone Ranger, Feeling Nostalgic. Those colorful board games from yesteryear can send us into a revere that uh, reverie. Yeah. Into a reverie that we don't want to leave. And while the games of today can have a bit of a harder edge, I'm trying to reach for my drink, cash and Cash and guns, anyone? Cash and guns, anyone? Uh, there is still something appealing about the simple side of the game. There's some, still something appealing, it's appealing <laughs> about the simple... Uh, oh, no, they're saying... Uh, who the fuck cares? Uh, they're saying something uh, simple fun and playing a board game. Celebrating board games traces the history of beguiling pastime from glorious old games like Standard Authors, which appeared in 1861, to Parcheesi, Star Reporter... Cherry Ames, The Godfather Game, The Bulls and Bears. Games have reflected our culture and our history. The Bears. Uh, for many years. As you turn the pages, you'll be amazed at the glorious art, the imaginative pieces, and the creativity that have long been a part of a universal activity loved by you. Your turn. Skip you, go to me. You open it up, and it's wet. Oh, I ruined this book. <laughs> what year was this from? 2006. Oh, boy. I better go on eBay. I better, or, um, what do you call that place where you get things? The internet. And there's a bunch of kids gathered around, and they're, they're from the 50s. And they're celebrating board games. It shows right on the cover here. Uh, people on a fire truck. Of course, a Dalmatian is there, and uh, they're on the number one truck. I don't know anything about this book uh, as far as where I should start, so I'm just going to start at the introductions. Grandma's This is a picture that shows a Grandma's Game of Riddles. It doesn't look like a board game, but I guess it is. Grandma's Game of Riddles, late 1880s, opposite Uncle Wiggily, 1949. Uncle Wiggily, trademark. <laughs> the trademark is written in parentheses, and the whole world words written out. Trade and mark, and with the parentheses around it. Game by Howard R. Garris, Milton Bradley Company, Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, two little ones. Uh, Burt, by the way, made in the USA. And it shows that rabbit. He's going to Dr. Possum's house. Never played that game. 
There you go, a little bit more. Okay, I slammed the rest of the can. Got another can here. Got wet on Sloppy Joe's bar. <clears throat> I didn't read that freaking book. Okay, introduction. Games are a part of almost everyone's childhood. And board games in particular have a special place in most people's hearts. They evoke treasured memories of hours playing Candyland or checkers with family and friends. I used to beat my poppy on checkers when I was like four and five. And Nana would say, ah, Joe, you're letting him win. And he'd say, oh, no, I'm not even pretty good. He'd also say, when I went, when I was, became a vegetarian, I said, I'm sorry, pa, he, he would, you had to have a drink. If you went over there to drop off a, a nickel that was, they dropped outside the door, you'd have to have a, a, some type of a beverage, some type of soda pop or iced tea or some such thing like that there then there. And, uh, and uh, remember, he would, uh, he would try to offer your food too. He would offer you a sandwich. And um, uh, he'd say, Hey, you want a sandwich? Hey, you want a pastrami? And I said, no, no, Poppy, I'm, I'm vegetarian. I don't eat meat. Ah, that's not meat. That's a pastrami. And now all of a sudden he's Italian instead of Czechoslovakian. I don't know. Uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was about the checkers. Yeah. And I, Candyland, not, not for me. Shoots and ladders, not for me. And as adults, many of us still find pleasure in playing Scrabble and Clue and Monopoly. Well, not me. I find pleasure in playing probably the games they're going to talk about in here, except for Grandma's Game of Riddles and Uncle Wiggly, trademark. Uh, Scrabble, Clue, Monopoly. Many of today's newest games... I like to play Uno, Hoo-Ho, Hoo-Ho, Xbox 360, best game, Hoo-Ho. Playing Scrabble and Clue and Monopoly, many of today's newest games, of course, are electronic and have been attached to the back of TV set or played on a computer. Oh, it was computer. But once there was a time when detectives and knights uh, glided across boards and conjured up visions of other worlds. So let's take a journey down that board, area, board game memory lane. I'm not even drunk, I'm drunk. 9.32. Every major ancient civilization, it's because I slammed that. Maybe, maybe I slam another one, I'll get, get a buzz off of that. This is called uh, the Coca-Cola with the vanilla, and it's zeroed. How am I doing on time? Oh, my God, my, I just, I drank that too fast, and my gut's going to, my sternum's got uh, balloons in them. Every major ancient civilization has created board games, with the exception of the Australian Aborigines and the Eskimos. It is, after all, hard to move pieces when it's 60 below. Is that what it is in the Australian Aboriginal area, 60 below? Uh, it was 60 what, Kelvin? The oldest known board games date from approximately 3,500 B.C. E. I gotta add that E. And it was found in a tomb in northern Egypt. There was no name on the game, needless to say. We still don't know how it was played. One of the oldest games that we do know about which was you hear tinkle bell ring a little bell like this tingling a ling it's time to turn the page popular in ancient egypt was called senat it, it is created with being the forerunner of modern backgammon the korean game of nyaut nyaut i'm trying to pronounce it how it would really be pronounced in korean because this is uh 
Roman Romanized, Romanized, but um, I don't know how right now. Because what what do you mean why? There's really no why, and 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 out. Oh, anyway, Meow can be viewed as an ancient ancestor of Sorry. How about that? Although Sorry has predecessors of similar design and mechanics in medieval Europe and even in a game designed by American Indians. Native Americans, friend, when was this book written? I told you already. 19, 2006. Some of the newest games have links to a far distant past. A good example is Atari. The company was named after a term used by master of the ancient Chinese game Go. Atari is what the masters said after making a move that threatened their, their opponent. It is akin to check in chess, a warning of impeding capture. Now we have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer game on here, 1948 on the left. Wow! Because it's a pop-up game, you know. It's like played on a, on a rooftop. And uh, there are a bunch of stuff going around. I see Rudolph, his nose is... A third of the side of his body, and he, you know, he's just yeah, cardboard. And then there's a giant uh, chimney snack, st snack. Uh, pardon me, burp, by the way. Giant chimney stack on the house uh, board game playing area. And then, of course, on the 1950 side, the Old Maid. Old Maid is looking at two different Old Maid card games I have. One was smaller by the... Uh, by the educational games to grow with 1965 EDU cards. I'm actually looking at the Daniel Boone, but it was by the same people. So those made that, and then they were, I have a deck that's a giant, a giant-sized, uh, uh, oversized card game, and both of them have very different pictures of the old maid. So uh, that then. Now this one, this old maid. She's uh, she's has her her mouth behind a fan and she's looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, she's she's a natural redhead and uh, wearing a very nice uh, carousel and <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, in spite of the links to the past, nature of uh, in, the nature of games has changed considerably over the past two hundred years. Many games prior to the mid-1800s, virtue was the reward in winning a board game. If you won, you were virtuous. After the mid... That's funny. I was telling my buddy Kyle Von Kubik, and in fact, just, just last night, I broke out and opened up for the first time my Hello Kitty bingo game. And, yeah, it's just Hello Kitty and bingo cards shaped like a cat's head. And the, it, you roll dice to find out, you know, be this... A I, a picture of an, another little Sanrio character. So that's kind of interesting that you can have your characters all over the place. They don't have to be under a, a letter, a number under a letter that that's uh, static, and it, it goes a lot quicker than say games like um, the Luchador, um, eh, Lucha Libre, uh, uh, Lucha Lotteria, yeah. Lucha Libre Lotteria. It goes a lot faster than that because you can only have so many combinations of I, you know, of different pictures and then the I and the Bs and the thing. But then one of the dice, they're giant dice. I love that fact. They're huge. But one of the die is uh, Hello Kitty's face. And when that happens, then you can choose one of those characters 
under any letter. But anyway, I, I, I was playing by myself, and I used to tell them all the time since I was an only child that I would play a lot of board games by myself, and whenever it was must be a two-player game, I would play against the devil. I was playing against the devil. See, now, I don't know, I wasn't playing for my soul or anything, but that's just what I called my invisible opponent. I called him the devil. Um, but, you know, so he was the adversary to me, uh, the volcano god. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. I was listening to some, uh, some music and watching some music videos and playing Hello Kitty against uh, Hello Kitty Bingo against the devil. And uh, the devil won one game. And we tied the next, so it's, it was uh, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Devil did a good job. Uh, in spite of the links to the past, virtue was a reward. If you won, you were virtuous. After the mid nineteenth, devil is virtuous. <laughs> After the mid nineteenth century and prior to nineteen forties, being virtuous might help you win, but that was not it in, in itself the reward. Those rewards were now money or promotion or winning property, or other material goods. Today, sadly, virtue plays little to no part in our gaming themes. Games, then, are like snapshots of a society at a specific moment in time. Our interests, our imaginations, and our values are all reflected in those simple board games and the pieces that moved across them, that move across them. Well, what about Flea Circus? What does that reflect? What, 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 what type of analogy is that to, to uh, the Americas in the 1950s? Yeah, I think Flea Circus was from the 50s. I, I, think, I guess it reflects that, you know, kids under the age of five didn't eat tiny magnets because that's what you use. Mm-hmm. 1654. And there was a lot of charlatans because uh, charlatans, whatever the fuck they're called, do the Charleston... I'm over that. I'm over that dance, I tell you that. Uh, flea circuses were all just gimmicks. You'd say that fleas were jumping around, you manually move you know, with strings, a trapeze, and you tightrope, and you'd say, oh, look, the fleas going across it and pay a nickel, and I'm just moving shit with uh, fishing wire. But it was fun to imagine tiny little fleas doing it. But in this one, you use magnets that are actually fleas. And to set up each one of the flea stunts in a circus takes like longer than it does to play that part of the game. I had a lot of fun. Played with my buddy Ed. Played Flea Circus. Yes, nice snapshot and things. Games have taken us to, uh, us through stock market booms and busts and through cold wars and world wars. And they've taken what about hot wars? They've taken uh, they've taken us through the what in retrospect seems the simpler times of the 1950s to the more complex times of today, when some of the more violent video games have even caught the attention of Congress. I don't think this was written in the 2000, 19-2006. It sounds earlier than that. It sounds like early 90s. In the wonderfully nostalgic book, you will be treated to a great array of board games ranging from Louisa in the 1800s with its extraordinary box art to the colorful art of the 1950s board games like Merry Milkman and Fearless Fireman to the action-filled games of today. And we've included a few card games as well, just as like the ones I fucking spilled my drink on. Uh, you know, you spend $300 for, for, for these... Uh, these board table tapper games, and, 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 and it's of My Little Pony. 
how many times I'm going to play the My Little Pony card games? Someone's going to play a table tapper game against me with this. I can't even look at them; they're all warped. It's even worse. It's even worse than if I if I played them. I would at least got some money out of them. I, I played it twice. Once it was against the devil. Um, and we've included just three card games as well, just as illustrations of the period captured the essence of the time. Some does, so does the artwork in the board game. So turn the page and savor the enlightening and entertaining journey through the past. I just want to flip through real quick. 1930, shit, okay. I just want to see if, uh, I just want to see if we got our bionic games in here. Cracker Jack. Frankenstein's monster. Here's Ouija. Here's a the Godfather game, like they mentioned. Oh my gosh, the board folds into a violin-looking case with uh, a Tommy gun inside of it. Here's Pinocchio. Uh, here's a Camp Granada. It comes with rubber um, frogs, and maybe not. Maybe I'm just joking. Combat. Sorry. Here's um, go to head of the class. Remember that Casper, Alfred Hitchcock. Like that, I got cock in it. Giant wheel thrills and spills by Remco. Oh, it's horse racing. That's interesting. Fearless fireman. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. Holy Christ! It's another one of these uh, pop-up box type of games, and people are <laughs> people are standing at the windows, uh, flames shooting out the top of the windows. Some are trapped on the roof, and they're ready to jump out the second floor. You have different types of you have ladder trucks, and then you have I don't know what the hell that thing is. I guess it's a fire truck, but it just looks like a box. Ooh, I want that game. Boy, I bet they don't have that anymore. Trapped. Here's Old Maid. Uh-oh. Steppin' Sam in Old Maid. Yeesh. Yeesh. Had some pickin' shit going on here. 1950s, mid-1950s. What a, what a disgrace on, on America's and humanity at large. Police Patrol, Uncle Wiggly. I didn't... Oh. There's a little black Sambo game. Good gosh. Go back and, re and uh, listen to that episode. Elvis game. Yeah, see, Animal Crackers. Mad. Mad. It was great. I still have my Mad Magazine game, and it's got one It's got one of the uh, bills. I'll try to, try to see if I have it here. Uh, great graphics and zany twists with a roll of dice. It was similar in Monopoly, but with a whole different look. And... They don't have the most important piece of that. There was one card in the Mad Magazine game that, uh, one uh, piece of money, I should say. You had all your regular Monopoly type of monies, but there was one that was, one money was like $100,365,219.16 a bill <laughs> or something, you know, something just as outrageous as that. Plus the dice were, uh, I think they were regular dice. Come on, 20s, let's go. 22 and a 15. Gusher, oh, a lot of good things. Definitely get this book, you know. Here we go. So we're starting with standard authors. <laughs> we read about that in the beginning here. And it, indeed, it is cards with uh, what looks to be uh, woodcut images of authors. <laughs> And uh, and poems and things like this. Uh, logo logo the or War of Words. Oh, that's a different one. Okay, so here to standard authors, originally published in 1861. Standard authors ha has been reissued many times, 
and uh, by more different companies, by many different companies, yeah, so, so much men's. It was uh, similar to Go Fish, but in a literary game of cards, and our authors, in a more educational version, players have to, to guess who the author is from information given to them about their works. At right is the popular word game Logomaki, Logomechi, Logomaki Mechi, which first appeared in 1874. The original edition won the silver medal at the Cincinnati Industrial Exposition. Um, the set shown here is from 1889, and a new version of the game has been released. And it just says poems on the back of some of these cards, and I don't know what you would do. Maybe you would spell things. It's got a girl looking at a at a window at a some type of bird. Frickin' Boyds. I gotta flap around all the time, birds. 2356. Comical conversation cards. Oh man, Ouch would love this with his wrestling retro wrestling review with the WRs, WRs, because this is all comical conversation cards. KKK. <laughs> A curious, but wait a minute, there's more. A curiously contrived, captivating curiosity. So it's not, it's KKKKKKK. There you go, by Parker Brothers. And there, so it's all a case. A trio of early games, uh, early card games, Parker Brothers introduced a question and answer game, a comical conversation cards in 19, 1893. I'm sure it's just like Cards Against Humanity. Uh, Grandma's Game of Riddles is one of the several grandma games all of which were educational. First published in the late 1880s, they must have given grandmas hours of fun with grandchildren. And it shows a, it shows a, a little girl here. Maybe she's three. She's in her petticoat type of outfit, but I think you go to bed in it. I'm not sure. She doesn't look like she's having a good time. And the last one is The Game of Snap. Oh, Snap by Parker Brothers. And it shows, I don't know, an old man in a littler Man, I don't know what the hell. I, oh, maybe it's an elf or something. The game of Snap was produced by several companies. Parker Brothers produced the one pictured here in 1905. At the right is the game of Louise, Louisa, introduced in 1888 by the McLaughlin Brothers. It was a variation of Parcheesi. Its artwork is particularly noteworthy. Game Louisa. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's castles and you have like a nipple... Uh, pieces. The pieces look like nipples of different uh, colors and types, and, uh, and it has a knight on a on a horse uh, with a castle in the background on the on the cover of the board. The snap one. I don't know what the hell that's about. And you know they don't go into too much detail, but you do get to see beautiful illustrations. Each each page has uh, is very. Oh, here's a uh, Polly Pollyanna, the the glad game. I think I might have mentioned this in um, one of the podcasts, uh, Shikara podcasts to go go twenty six sixteen. Pollyanna uh, trademark once again written not in parentheses the same. The Glad Game by Parker Brothers Inc. Another variation of Parcheesi Pollyanna came out in nineteen fifteen. Each edition featured a different woman with a different hairstyle from the period. <laughs> That's right. That's why I mentioned because we were trying to capture the, capture the um, 1915 demographic. Um, all looking a bit like early Breck shampoo models. I like that because there's poo in the name. Here's Eddie Cantor's game. Remember Eddie Cantor? <laughs> 
to t tell it to the judge. Tell it to the judge. Remember? That was, that was his famous catch line. Tell it to the judge! Uh, Eddie Cantor was a popular entertainer in the 1930s, but the game really had nothing to do with him other than using his name and face on the box. Play involves car involves cars, which are all the rage at the time. The exceptional graphics capture well the period in America. This these this this pop art on the cover is uh, something that you would see carry through. The, you would think this is out of the 60s, but it's 1930s, and then it's got a it's got a real face of Eddie Cantor. Um, just in uh, yellow, it's like sepia tones, but it's in the middle of this other game that you could tell was not uh, part of the Eddie Cantor game to begin with. And it does have cars, and it has a judge that's uh, sticking a, a giant... <laughs> he's a giant judge uh, torso sticking out a, a courtroom, and he's uh, passing verdict against you as you go around. It looks like a, you know, like a whacked out fucking board game all squiggly squirglies uh clipper race clipper race here you are you got your clippers your clippers you're going all around the world the goal of clipper race was to be the first to get around the globe flattened as it was players use these and sorry your clippers uh players use these terrific little ships for, for their markers the game came out in 1930s you know, they, they look like sailboats there. You got a purple, a red, you got a uh, burnt sienna. Uh-oh. You got a light blue, powder blue, and a, and a green. And that's my thing. Here's a Monopoly, an old one. Cannon, race car, top hat, shoe, thimble, iron, purse. So uh, quite different. Take a look at the book. You'll like it. Celebrating board games. The Nina... By Nina Shertoff and uh, Susan Kahn. Look it up at a someplace near you. I'm going to go see that uh, space movie about Star Treks. Back to me up in the studio. We hope that you've enjoyed tonight's reading of the 2006 Sterling Publishing Company Inc. Classic Celebrating Board Games by Nina Shirt by Nina Shirt by Nina's Shirts Off and Susan Kahn. Kahn just got back from seeing that Star Wars Enterprise. I like those things, those light swords. Tone your own copy of Celebrating Board Games by Tone your own copy of Celebrating Board Games by Nipple Shirt Off and Susan Cobra Kahn. Ask your local retailer for ISBN 13-978-1-4027-3895-1. And if you're interested in a still soggy copy, drop me a line on my shout box. For Wiggly and the entire cast of Wiggly's Book Club, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Wiggly. And remember, kids, during 2017, if somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, what the fuck? You just look them in the eye and you say, RIP. Reading is f fundamental. Oh, it's 2016? Okay, do that then.